Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Syracuse Sports. My name is Brent Axe. It's all presented by our friends at Krauss Health, the exclusive healthcare partner for SU Athletics. Got a good one today. Some good, meaty, crouton talk. Connor Pignatello, he spent some time recently at the Hoopal Classic in Springfield, Massachusetts, home of the Basketball Hall of Fame. Big-time high school basketball classic. Donnie Freeman. 2024 Syracuse commit looked pretty good at the Hoopal Classic. What did Adrian Autry say about what Donnie Freeman maybe could have contributed to the team had he been on it this year? And what kind of player is he bringing to the table next year for Syracuse? Some future commits, perhaps, at the Hoopal Classic, notably Kyan Anthony. How did he look? All your recruiting questions answered. Plus, Connor spent some time covering Syracuse women's basketball for Syracuse.com and can speak to the rise of this team. DeAsia Fair just passing the 3,000 points mark career-wise. And this team, at this point, if it didn't make the NCAA tournament, it would probably have to be considered a disappointment. He saw the rise of this team a year ago, covers the women's team closely, can give us some insight on why they're knock-knock-knocking on the NCAA tournament's door here. Still... Good part of the season to go, but this team has really charged forward. Plus, a great story that Connor wrote about when Brianna Stewart, CNS grad, now one of the best basketball players on the planet, tore up the Hoopal Classic about a decade ago. A great oral history that you can read on Syracuse.com. Before we get to Connor, let me remind you how cool it is to be a Syracuse Sports Insider. Just text the word ORANGE to 315-847-3895. You can text me directly. I text you directly. You know what's been cool is the back and forth we have during games. You guys are just texting me during Syracuse basketball games. I'm texting you. The feedback that I get not only helps me put the post-game show together, our live post-game shows that we do after Syracuse basketball games, you guys are featured on the post-game show. You get priority on the post-game show. Your comments, your opinions featured on all of our Syracuse basketball post-game shows. Questions, comments, opinions, throw them at me anytime, guys. Try it free for two weeks. See what's happening. See if you want it. And then it's just $3.99 a month after that. We've been having a ball with our Syracuse Sports Insiders. Let's keep that going as 2024 charges on here. The future of Syracuse basketball beyond 2024 with Connor Pignatello. Let's take a listen. So, Connor, fresh off the Mass Pike from the Hoopal Classic in Springfield. And, boy, you wrote a lot of great stuff for us on Syracuse.com, Connor. It was just a a content factory for all the recruiting geeks out there looking to hear about certainly some future Orange that we know are committed. For the fans listening and watching, hopefully some future Orange that will commit. And just a lot of great basketball. Feels like that was a, a great event to to drop in on and, and see what was cooking. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a fantastic event. I mean, even besides the Syracuse angle, um, 18 of the top 25 teams in the country were there. All 10 of the top prospects this year were there. Um, the number one guy in 2025 was there. The number one guy in 2026 was there. I, it was just a all-star showcase of talent. Um, and got to see some Syracuse guys as well. Um, saw Donnie play, um, had a really nice game in his first game, um, scored 19 points, grabbed seven boards. Uh, he really, when you look at him, it's, 
when you want a modern four in the NBA or in the college game, he is what you just take one look at him and you're like, all right, this is the guy. <laughs> He's okay. still a little bit slight. Uh, told me that he entered IMG at 194 pounds, but they have a team nutritionist who travels with the team. They have an elite college level strength and conditioning program. Now he's up to about 205, he told me. Um, so he's definitely been adding strength. He still is a little bit slight, but you can tell that his frame is going to fill out a little bit more. Um, he showed pretty impressive, honestly, ball handling skills for someone his size at, at 6'9 or so. Um, had a couple really nice baseline drives. Had some nice moves in the post. He showed his range from the three-point line. There's one sequence that that really impressed me with him where grabbed a rebound, got grabbed a rebound, uh, dished it to his point guard. They went on the fast break. His point guard went up, set a screen for him, and then he hit a three at the top of at the top of the point. Then on the other end, he blocked a shot that led to a turnover for another run out for his team. So that'll do. He really, yeah. Adrian Austri told me about how they think he can help with them in the fast break, and and he he showed that ability there. So, Connor, Donnie Freeman's the big name, of course, who we're talking about, and he's one of those guys that as soon as you watch him, and you saw him in person, I have not seen him in person. I've seen the films. I've seen the highlight tapes. Yeah. But you got to be careful with those, right? But still, even if you see about a minute clip on wherever you see it, YouTube, social media, whatever the case may be, I think you watch that and you say, yeah, he'll do, right? But he's still (laughs) raw. He's still Mm -hmm. raw, but Mm -hmm. he's one of those guys that's like, okay, like, just just get him on the court and yeah. let Autry and his staff coach him for a year, and it's going to work out. So I want to get your perspective on seeing him in person. And then you had an opportunity at that Hoopal Classic to talk to Adrian Autry. I thought it had a really interesting quote about Donnie mm-hmm. Freeman that basically says, yeah, we could use him right now. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, there was a bunch of SU coaches in attendance at the game. Um talked with Adrian Autry for a couple minutes, talked with him about, about Donnie. He was saying, yeah, we could use him right now, honestly. Uh, we could use him. He could stretch the floor for us. We need someone with his sort of versatility, with his ability to score inside, outside, um, and said, hey, we we need his outside shooting. We need his shooting right now, is what he told me. It's incredible to, to hear him say that. And it, it, I like the honesty because that's what's missing. You mm-hmm. watch this team at this point. Yeah. You know, and we're speaking before Syracuse plays Pittsburgh. So who knows? Maybe somebody went off and, and started to alleviate this issue. But Syracuse just doesn't have consistent three point shooting. They're, they don't have that consistent inside presence that he would bring at that position. And you brought up how he's just a prototypical four in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. So I think Syracuse fans, you're always excited about recruits and you always think of the best of recruits. But seeing that this team is, you know, halfway through their season and is missing that element, to know that it's on the way. It's kind of like the football team at this point, Connor. Like, Fran Brown is already starting to show, like, here are the guys that are going to replace or, in some case, enhance positions. And I think Syracuse fans are looking at Donnie as that type of guy. But we did mention it. He is kind of raw. So what do you think are the elements of his game, having seen him now, that he's going to have – that people watching and he is going to have to be patient with that he's going to have to develop once he gets into college? Yeah, so I actually talked with Adrian Autry about this as well. Um, and he was saying that I'm looking for him to, you know, not only improve on his motor and his body, which are you know obvious things, but his rebounding is one thing he especially noted to me. Um, he's saying that, you know, a guy his size, when you're just playing at your hometown high school and 
you can just grab rebounds because you're just that big and that's what you do. But <laughs> when you get to that next level and you start, you know, you start playing against high level competition like Donnie is at IMG, I mean, the highest level of competition with a national schedule, you need to start improving on your rebounding skills. You need to start you need to start getting better at that. Um, and Donnie said that that's something that he's been really been working on at IMG. Um, that the coaches have you know, been trusting him to expand his game. Talk to me also about, you know, how he's hearing from SU coaches, um, from SU assistants, especially Brandon Strawn, um, who's also from the DMV area. And, you know, it's not all it's not all positive feedback. It's not all negative feedback. It's it's a mix of both. It's a mix of encouragement. Of, hey, I saw your game today. I thought you did really well. And a mix of constructive criticism. He said, you know, one game, I didn't have any rebounds in the first half. And, and Brandon texted me and said, hey, you need to you need to pick that up. You need to you can't have halves like that. You need to be able to, you need to be able to do that. And, and Austria also said, you know, rebounding for a guy like him is if you're having a bad shooting night, if you can't score the basketball one day, it's just not, it's not working for you. You can, you can rebound and that's what will help you stay on the floor. So Donnie Freeman was the standout, but there's certainly some other Syracuse targets that mm -hmm. were there in Springfield. And a name that intrigues me is Jordan Smith Jr. Who is a 2026 target. And, by the way, side note, every time I say that now, when you're looking a couple of years <laughs> ahead, like we're in the future. Like, you know, when I was a kid and I'm watching, you know, Back to the Future and that, that movie took place when they went to the future in 2015. And we're 10 years past that. It just it still freaks me out to say 2026. <laughs> but they're looking at 2026 and Jordan Smith Jr. Connor, he's a five star point guard. Uh, he was a player of the game for one of these matchups at the who Paul classic. And as he, I believe told you and has said, Syracuse is coming at him hard right now. So give us kind of the breakdown of what you saw from his game and kind of where Syracuse is at in terms of recruiting him from what, you know? Yeah. So, so he plays for Paul, the six, which is one of the big uh, Catholic school programs in, in the DMV area. Um, I mean, they just churn out top division one guys every year, uh, but he's a sophomore, but he started the game. He played almost the entire game. Uh, in a top five matchup between Paul the Sixth and Christopher Columbus, which has the two Richardson brothers and the two Boozer twins. Um, so he, I mean, he played up to the level of some of the best seniors in the country as a sophomore, uh, just first off. Um, he was really impressive, um, really liked his guard skills. He talked to me about how he likes watching Judah Mintz and J.J. Starling play. He, he really likes how Syracuse uses their guards. He compared uh, J.J. Starling to Kawhi Leonard. He said, he really likes that part of his game. He likes his defense. He likes his versatility. Um, and yeah, he told me that he wants to get up to SU for a visit, uh, hopefully this summer. He told me that uh, Syracuse has really been recruiting him hard. They're telling him, hey, you you can come here. You can be the next great Syracuse guard. You can go to the league. You can excel in the league. So he seems he seems really interested in Syracuse. I mean, he there are also a lot of schools interested in him uh, being such a talented guy. Uh, Pretty sure he's a top 20 player in the ESPN rankings for the 26 class. So he is definitely one to watch over the next couple of years. And him noting the that he sees the freedom that a Judah Mintz has and somewhat J.J. Starling, in particular Judah, because you hand the keys to a player, there's ups and downs with that. There are have been times this year, certainly Syracuse fans have said, hey, Judah, like, Maybe that's a little too much or two, three yeah. possessions in a row where, you know, just in this past game against North Carolina, again, we're recording this before Syracuse played Pittsburgh against North Carolina. He's taken on three defenders and it's like, hey, wait, you can't do that. <laughs> like That's that's yeah. Baycott in the middle there. These are really good guys. But it makes me think of that because these players notice that. And that's the balance mm -hmm. you have as a coach. Like 
for Autry to say, you could be the next guard, you'll have the keys to the offense, you got to hold up to that. And Syracuse certainly offers the freedom to players at that position to come in and do that for sure. So there's another intriguing prospect that was there. Connor, who are some of the other names both connected to Syracuse or other guys that just stood out to you that Syracuse may get in on that you saw or had the opportunity to talk with? Yeah, so uh, just list off a couple guys and then talk about them. So uh, definitely Kai and Anthony. Uh, that's the obvious connection. Carmelo Anthony's son. Uh, he plays for Long Island Lutheran. His teammate also, Nigel James. They're kind of backcourt partners in the Lujai, in the Lujai offense defense they run there. Um, and they the, both of them are going to be coming up for Syracuse's game versus Miami on January 20th. They're coming up also with Sadiq White, who's another player Syracuse has offered. Um, he's from North Carolina, Charlotte area. So those are all 2025 four-star guys. Um, then also some other guys Syracuse is looking at, uh, Jerry Easter, the second out of La Lumiere. So he's the shooting guard at La Lumiere played really well in both of his games. Uh, I watched his first game. He won player of the game, showed some real nice bounce. Definitely. Um, he hasn't met JJ Starling, but as people know, JJ Starling went to La Lumiere for the final two years of his high school career. So he was saying that, you know, if JJ can say he likes Syracuse, like he's obviously not lying about it. Like, <laughs> right. And he also That's has, important. yeah. So Jerry's father is a, is an AAU coach and he's, he's good friends with SU legend, Derek Coleman um, said that Derek Coleman kind of thinks of Jerry, Jerry, the second as, as a nephew. Um, so Jerry said he'd definitely like to come up for a visit soon. And, and he's very interested in Syracuse. Um, some other guys that Syracuse is looking at Derek Dixon, uh, he won player of the game in his game for Gonzaga High School. Um, and he he really excelled, honestly. Syracuse is looking at him. He's another Sicambo guard, four-star, class of 2025. But, yeah, overall, there was a lot of recruits Syracuse was looking at. I have to say that there was mostly seemed like a focus to me on guards from the DMV area. Um, a lot of them noted that Brendan Strawn, who's from that area, has been their point of contact. And it seems like Syracuse is really focusing on those guys. Donnie Freeman is from the DMV area. Um, so they they really seem like they're focusing in on the on those type of players. That has been a well that Syracuse has dipped into many times. When Strawn was hired, you could see the connection there. Autry, you know, before he got into the assistant coach ranks in Syracuse, was at Virginia Tech, recruited that area, knows that area. That is such a, a stronghold that Syracuse goes to. I want to circle back, though, a little bit on Kyan Anthony, of course. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same thing almost with Bronny James. You say yeah. to yourself, okay, how good are these guys? Because when you have that shadow around the, their fathers and the legends that they are at the NBA level, like sometimes maybe your judgment can get clouded mm -hmm. a little bit. I think Syracuse fans will be over the moon. And I think, he, I believe he told you, March 7th, his birthday is when he's going yep. to announce and he's not, and, and he's going to put out, you know, who his finalists are, right? I think Syracuse fans have kind of gotten to the point, Connor, if he doesn't commit to Syracuse, I don't know if you know this, but social media can get a little rough sometimes. I think they're going to be crestfallen if he doesn't. But he's got to go where he wants to go and be comfortable there. And I think for the most mm -hmm. part, actually, people will understand that. But yeah. I got to go back to this question. How good is he? Yeah, so to be honest, uh, in his two games for Long Island Lutheran this weekend, he he really struggled. Um, shot two of 15 from the floor, mm. uh, watched his first game. He went one of eight from three, uh, one of 10 from the field, I believe. Uh, actually, he had a layup late, so two of 10. Um, so yeah, really struggled, but he did show off a deep shooting range. He did play. 
he is on a Long Island Lutheran team that has uh, multiple other top, top players. Uh, five-star VJ Edgecombe is their best player this year. Uh, he just committed to Baylor over the weekend. Um, and he's he's ranked fifth in the class. So Kion is definitely playing a complimentary role there. Uh, spent a lot of time out on the three-point line, shot a lot of threes. Definitely seen in, in previous games of his and highlight tapes the range he has shown. Um, and he definitely thinks of himself as a shooter. Uh, but to be honest, this weekend, he he did struggle, but he is also a junior. He's been rising in the rankings. He is still a little bit raw. He's got to work on a couple other parts of his game. But I think I think overall, you know, he, he talked to me about his relationship with Syracuse, what he did on his visit. He went to varsity with his dad. Uh, went to a couple other old spots with his dad on campus, um, <laughs> went out with the team that night. Uh, and he said he doesn't miss the Syracuse game. He watches all the games. Uh, when Autry was an assistant, he had a great relationship with him. He called Autry an uncle. Um, and so he has a great relationship with Syracuse. And he's playing on a, a top five team in the country that, to be honest, did really struggle this weekend, lost both of their games. Um, so... Lou High, they play a national schedule. There are a lot of opportunities for Kyan to, to get more experience. It is his first year with the school. He transferred over from Christ the King before this year. So I think, you know, him just getting more in the swing of things will really help him. I just, to say again, you know, it's his first year with a, with a new school. He's adjusting to all new players. Um, so it's going to take some time for those kinks to get, to get ironed out. Connor, switching gears a little bit to women's basketball. Uh, I want to get your take on Deja Fair and the Syracuse women's basketball team, which you covered uh, up close mm -hmm. last year when you were writing for the Daily Orange. But you also wrote a great piece for Syracuse.com looking back on Brianna Stewart. I've I've heard of I've heard of Stewie mm -hmm. and her mm -hmm. of course her Central New York connections, but before she <laughs> went on to dominate at UConn and become, you know, one of the best players in the world, WNBA MVP, she was at that Hoop Hall classic and you had a chance to talk to her and some old teammates. It's people that had went up against her uh, in 2012. And what, what was your takeaway from getting to talk to Stewie and some people about that tournament and, and kind of how it's come full circle to where she is now? Yeah. So uh, Brianna Stewart came to Hoop Hall back in 2012. At the time, she was the number one prospect in the country. She had already committed to UConn. She had already dunked. Um, she she was basically the, the best player in the country uh, for sure. Uh, CNS had won the state title the year before. They went on later that year to repeat as state champions. And yeah, she came to she came to Hoop Hall, played one of the local teams, West Springfield. So yeah, I got a chance to talk with Stewie uh, from her, her place in Spain, where she currently lives in the off season with her wife and two little kids. It was kind of funny. She had to mute the Zoom a couple times to deal with uh, some screaming toddlers. But <laughs> <laughs> overall, it was it was a good conversation. It was cool to hear her thoughts on the game. Uh, and then I also talked with five of the players on the West Springfield team that she played against and a couple of the coaches from West Springfield. And they were they were awe awestruck is one word, to, <laughs> one word to describe it. Uh, <laughs> they uh, one player told me she was honored to get her shot blocked by Brianna Stewart. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, <laughs> they uh, and, and also just across the years, over the years, you know, when they've reflected, uh, you know, their fun facts are always, oh, in high school, I played against Brianna Stewart or high school i i guarded brianna stewart or the player who so at the hoop hall they give player of the game awards to to players on both teams and the player of the game for the west springfield team told me that you know she was saying oh i won player of the game like am i going to uconn too like <laughs> <laughs> 
So it was just a really fun story. Uh, really cool to talk with those players on kind of their their brush their brush with greatness and how they've reflected on over the years as Stewie has gone on to UConn, you know, won four titles there, four most outstanding player of the Final Fours. Now in the WNBA, she's won two titles, uh, two MVPs, um, and is on track to be one of the greatest women's basketball players of all time. So just for these players to, you know, have that one little blip on the radar play against her and for her, you know, playing at the Hoopal Classic, she really enjoyed the environment. Uh, she talked to me about how, you know, I, I think I had been to the Hoopal before and I think I had been since. But, you know, every time I go there, it's just so special to see the greatest players in the game um, enshrined there. So she had a really good experience. The two teams also went out for pizza afterwards uh, and were able to share some laughs uh cns crushed west springfield 60 to 20 but you know afterwards the the west springfield players were saying you know on the court you know she was a god but when we got pizza you know you can't eat pizza differently than anyone else so <laughs> that's right <laughs> we were all just chatting and they said she was humble uh just like a regular kid a normal kid um talked with the cns coaches and they were saying hey you know we understand this is crazy right now um with our national schedule and you know, having to get PTO to go take her to a tournament in California. But we understand that this is just a great, great moment. And we're just trying to soak it in. So, yeah, overall, it was great to talk with Stewie. Great to uh, hear about the time she played at Hoopal. Yeah, great uh, article there. You guys should check it out on uh, Syracuse.com. Uh, one more thing, Connor, from uh, one of the greatest players on the planet to somebody who is rising up the ranks amongst the greats, not mm -hmm. only at Syracuse history, but in all of college basketball. And that's De'Asia Fair who just recently passed the 3,000-point mark, and that's yeah. a combination between Buffalo and Syracuse, of course, but she has made such an impact on Syracuse basketball in just a couple of seasons, playing under Felicia Leggett-Jack, who she played with the Buffalo, of course. When you covered this team a year ago, and they got right on the doorstep of making the tournament, yeah. it feels like they've already taken a big step to the point where if they don't make the tournament this year, I think you can mark that a disappointment. Like, I think they have gotten so – I know there's a lot of basketball yet to be played, and they have a big game against Florida State this week and some mm -hmm. opportunities here in the ACC. But it just feels like that's the natural next step. They got so close a year ago. When you have a dynamic player like Fair, you've got to ride that as far as you can go here. But what did you see last year with this team kind of planting the seeds of – what we think could end up being a pretty special season if it keeps going down this road for this team. Yeah. So last year covered the team as the beat reporter for Syracuse.com. Um, and it was, no one really knew what to expect at the beginning of the year. I mean, we we're coming off a year with an interim head coach, pretty much an entirely new roster, an entirely new coaching staff, um, you know, five transfers from Buffalo. Yeah, no one really knew what to expect, but I have to say they they probably surpassed expectations. Uh, we're like you said, right on the doorstep at the and into getting into the NCAA tournament. I remember talking with some national analysts right before the tournament. And they were saying, you know, we feel like Syracuse is really on the bubble, and if they win one game in the ACC tournament, they'll probably get in. Unfortunately, they did lose that first round game in the ACC tournament and ended up playing in the NIT. But I have to say, you know, overall that the seeds were planted, like you said. Um, Deasia Fair is just a player that can just take over a game. I mean, I there's multiple games I covered last year where, you know, she might have been quiet. She might have not done much for the first three quarters. But, you know, one game, I remember she scored like 20 points in the fourth quarter, completely mm. took over the game, hit five threes, and led Syracuse to a win. So with a player like that who can just 
is just such, I hate to use the cliche term like an X factor, but she really is an X factor. I mean, almost every team in the country does not have a player like DeAsia Fair. Um, she is she is just an unbelievable scorer of the ball. And, and really her bond with Felicia Leggett-Jack is what, what separates it. Um, now in her fifth year playing for her, the only college coach she's ever known, um, wrote, a, wrote a really in-depth feature about her and Felicia's relationship last year. And she called her her mom away from home. Um, Felicia has really been been a motherly figure to her. Um, and this is something that Deja said. Felicia has said. Felicia's mom has said. Felicia's dad has said that they, they all feel like Felicia is honestly kind of part of the fair family. Um, you know, there was one night at Buffalo where um, the power went out, the heat went out at Deja's apartment and she went and Felicia let her sleep at her own house. Um, so you're saying, no, you, you're not staying in a hotel. You're staying with me. So that's the sort of relationship they had multiple times last year. Uh, Felicia said, you know, if, if we can get DeAsia to come back, we can make a final four. And I, I truly believe that. And, and Syracuse this year has made some definite strides uh, that the partnership between Wooly and fair last year was excellent. It's, it's continued to be excellent. And Alyssa Latham has really added a lot to that team. I uh, talked with her when she committed last summer about how excited she was to get to Syracuse and, she has been better than advertised. She is really, they were really missing that a, a type of player like her inside last year. Um, you know, obviously with the departure of Dariana Lewis, who finished third in the ACC in rebounding, they really had a hole to fill there. Uh, Asia strong leaving as well. So they, they really needed a player like Alyssa Latham and, and she is, she is, she's been great for the orange. Yeah. With fair, I think you bring up a great point and that she can be quiet for three quarters, then take over in a fourth quarter. Yeah. It happened in her game where she got 3000 points. You know, she was actually yeah. kind of quiet. <laughs> and then that fourth quarter came and, and there's just something about when it's prime time and she steps up. But what I feel like this team has now Latham, like you said, has been one of the best freshmen in the league. She has been better than advertised and has just added this element. Fair can and will take over games but i feel like this team connor that they've put together now it feels like she doesn't have to right mm -hmm. there's more support there mm -hmm. you do mm -hmm. your thing you go out and and do your days your thing and we're gonna we're gonna sit back and watch that but you said woolly has developed into a great player and it just feels like there's enough support it's almost like you know i'm a buffalo bills fan that josh allen's got a running game now okay yeah and that that's big that it's not all on his shoulders when it counts you want the ball in his hands, and that's the same thing with Fair. But it feels like there's just enough support now that there's just going to be days when you can't count on her, and a Wooly can step up or a Latham can step, and it just feels like you kind of go down the ladder a little bit more, and this is a, a well-rounded team. Yeah, 100%. Last year, there definitely were a couple games where it felt like if Fair wasn't getting the ball late in the game, like they might not score. Um, and it really felt a lot of times like she was carrying the offense. Um and now totally agree, you know, not having to rely on her as much, having more options. Wooly, I just have to say again, and she was she's really coming into her own as a player. Great shooter, great passer, great defender. Um, and her chemistry with DeAsia coming over from Buffalo, now playing in their third year together. I know last year she had some issues kind of getting acclimated. She she had surgery. Uh, she got sick for a while. She had a concussion. Um, and so all of those things kind of served to, you know, hinder her development a little bit and getting that chemistry with DeAsia, but you know, now in year three together, they're, they're a great partnership. Connor, great stuff, man. I really enjoyed reading what you had from the who Paul, and I know there's uh, more to come there more interesting recruiting nuggets to follow here. Appreciate you uh, digging in and doing that work for us there 
in Springfield and appreciate your perspective on uh, all the recruiting uh, things that you saw there and, and where it's going to go for Syracuse here. Thanks for hopping on with us, my friend. We'll do it again down the road, but appreciate your time today. All right. My pleasure, Brent. Hey guys, thanks for hanging with us. Once again, Connor with some great recruiting insight. That's what we want to bring you here on Syracuse Sports. Please become a Syracuse Sports Insider. We would love to have you a part of the community. Just text the word ORANGE to 315-847-3895. Try it free for a couple weeks. See what it's like. And then it's just $3.99 a month after that for exclusive opinion, insights, breaking news. Text me during games. Text me your Syracuse Sports questions, opinions, and thoughts. You'll see them, you'll hear them on this podcast and on our Syracuse basketball postgame shows. Next one coming up Saturday after the Orange take on Miami. That's a 12 o'clock start and the start of three straight home games for Syracuse at the JMA Dome. So we'll see if the Orange can get on a little roll here after beating Pittsburgh earlier this week. Thanks for hanging with us here on Syracuse Sports. Please subscribe on Spotify Apple, YouTube, so you don't miss an episode. It gets delivered right to you. You can listen on demand on your time. And it's all been presented by Krauss Health, the exclusive healthcare partner for SU Athletics. We'll catch you next time, guys.